We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This week on the Garage Beers Podcast, it is episode 151, and this week the guys are joined in the garage by the host of NHL on ESPN, Arda Ocal. We're going to talk about his time with the WWE, we're going to talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets, the NHL in general, and his ascent to behind the desk at ESPN, plus we're going to talk about football the uh, conference championship games, the Super Bowl, and so much more. So coming up the driveway, unfold your favorite launcher, crack open a cold one, and join us for Garage Beers. What is going on, everybody? It is Tuesday night here on the OBR Streaming Network, and you know that only means one thing. It's time for the Garage Beers podcast. It's not a girthy pop tonight. It's not a girthy pop because it's a bottle. Oh, go on. Ooh, that was nice. That was nice, Joe. Thank you. Bottles don't give me girthy pops, unfortunately, so I had to just kind of pop the tab on that one. It's time for Garage Beers Live, episode number 151. Welcome on in, everybody. This promises to be an absolutely amazing show. We have got all kinds of things that we're going to get to on this one. We've got an amazing special guest coming up to talk a little hockey and maybe a little wrestling. Maybe a little wrestling we're going to get to tonight uh, as, well, that's going to be really fun. Uh, we have got some football talk coming on later. We got some Cavs talk coming on later and so much more. So thank you for joining us here on the OBR streaming network. Make sure you are following the OBR on all the social media platforms, the best Browns coverage you're going to get out there. Plus us on Tuesday nights, talking about all kinds of other stuff. Uh, make sure you are tuned into the OBR. Make sure you're following the garage beers online as well at the garage beers on all the social media channels with you. As always, I'm your host, Michael Keefe at Garage Beers, Mike online, and joining me, my co-host, first over on the east side of Cleveland. He's looking for something good to watch on TV because apparently we got nothing else to do tonight. <laughs> it's Chad Meyer at Garage Beers. Chad, what's up, Chad? Hi, how are you? How you doing? <laughs> good. What are you What are you watching over there? Uh, just trying to find uh, just just trying to find a hockey game to put on. Just kind of is 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 in the background. Uh, and Kettle, so once I get bored with you, I got something to do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> guys, apparently I'm intimidating. I don't know if you know this, but I am intimidating. I am quiet uh, and I'm intimidating to talk to. I I don't know if you guys realize this, but today at work, that's what I was told about me. All right. So I don't, I don't even know if you guys want to talk to me uh, on the show anymore. Okay. Because I am just, I am, I am scary. Okay. I don't even, I don't even know how the, I don't even know how our guest is going to get through. They might even not want to look at me. 
okay? Because I am just intimidating to talk to. Would you just tell the damn story about why you think you're such a hot girl? <laughs> no, I, I, one of the managers walked up to me and said, hey, we're going to have this new girl train, train with you today. I go, okay, great. She goes, but no, she's shy. You want to know what she told me? She says, yeah, but he's very quiet and he's so intimidating. And I go, Jesus, I think I just learned why I didn't ever got a girlfriend in high school. I am just so uh, hot. Uh, <laughs> I am intimidating. That's one way to take that. He's a ten. That's one way to take that. I'm a ten. I I am a ten. But uh, yeah. So I don't know. I was just messing with her the rest of the time. Like she came over to me, uh, and the first thing I said, okay, all right, listen up. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, sexy Chad is in the building. Also (laughs) with us as always, my other co-host down in Nashville, Tennessee. It's Joey Whalen at Garage Beer Show. Joe, what's up, man? I think anytime anyone tells me that I'm hard to be around, I'm just gonna be like. Oh my God, I am so hot. <laughs> you should. I was going to take that as a compliment. All right. It's a great way to look, Chad. I love that. Listen, you're very hard to be around. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Means I, so wow. much. Wow. I yeah. went, I did. I, I immediately texted the wife and said, You got yourself a winner. I am way out of your league. <laughs> I'm sure that went over well. I was doing the dishes. I was doing the dishes tonight, Chad. <laughs> So listen, like I said, we got an awesome episode. This is episode 151. If you're joining us live, get in the comments. Uh, Let's make this a fun show. Uh, We love when the comments are buzzing. I know there's all kinds of stuff going on tonight. There's a Cavs game. There's a Blue Jackets game. Uh, But if you're joining us live, jump in the comments. If you're listening to us later, thank you for listening to us. We appreciate your support. Again, a little bit later in the show, we're going to talk a little football. We'll talk a little basketball. We're going to do a couple other things, but we're going to start the show. Our special guest is here. He's in the background. We're going to bring him in. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. When I first saw that we were having Arda O'Kell on, I remember seeing Arda on NHL, uh, on a, NHL on ESPN. I'm like, where do I know this guy from? But I don't recognize the name. Arda O'Kell, it took me forever to figure out that he was also Kyle Edwards with the WWE. Arda Okel, welcome into the Garage Beers podcast. So excited to have you to talk all kinds of stuff here. Uh, welcome on in. Thank you. And it's nice to know that I'm the, I know you from somewhere of hockey. That's, that's, that's great. That That's what every actor strives to be. It's like, you were in that movie. What was it again? Yeah. Weren't you in Pulp Fiction or something? I'm going to be that guy. Didn't you do that Blue Jackets Kings game like four months ago? Ah, yes. Yes. Yeah, that's right. The second intermission. That was funny. <laughs> that's going to be me. All right, let's go. I, I, you know, I, I, I'm watching NHL on ESPN. I'm looking at your face and I'm like, I know this dude. Is that uh, Kyle Edwards playing? So Arda? And listen, you've been around, you've been around broadcasting up uh, in Canada for a while. You've been around broadcasting in hockey for a while, but I'm like, I know this dude and I cannot put my finger on it. I think we all have those actors, right? Yeah, for movies, yeah, right? Exactly. This this one guy that I've seen him in a million movies, I have no idea what his name is. And then it hit me. I've seen this guy interviewing wrestlers before. <laughs> Welcome on in, man. This thank this you, is going to be fun. We're going to we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff, but sure. uh uh Arda uh Yeah, what what's that? That's that's got to be a weird like we talked about it with wrestlers. We've had wrestlers on the show mm-hmm. going from like your stage name to your real name. That's mm-hmm. got to be I mean, the transition's got to be kind of weird, right? People still call you Kyle Edwards when they see you places. Not, I mean, in Canada, maybe uh, certain places uh, overseas, because like most of my work was international. Like I was only, I only did Raw 
like actual raw maybe a couple times so like it wasn't like i established myself you know fully in the states as kyle edwards but i knew that like they they changed especially back then like in i i got hired there in 2014 like almost 10 years ago now and it was way different trying to get in as an announcer then uh than it is now like now they they rarely change names unless it's like unless you're going through the nxt tract unless you're going you know becoming one of their like wwe announcers but how many announcers now just are sort of adjacent you know like they work it, it's not like they're full-time anymore they they kind of work a pre-show here and there and they do appearances and they use their own like it's a lot more common to use your name now. Like I wouldn't, if I, if I were to go back there now, I definitely wouldn't assume a stage name unless they're inducting Kyle Edwards into the WWE hall of fame, which they absolutely should. Yeah. Uh, I don't see why would. Obviously. <laughs> Man. No. So now where did it come from? I mean, that's, I guess oh, that's the first that's question. A, yeah. So, uh, well, I, obviously I knew that the name was going to change. So I was in the international department uh, that's where my home base was. And basically they said, all right, we need to, ch- we need to think of names. Let's think, of, let's uh, get a brainstorm going. And basically they <laughs> canvassed all the producers at international and half of them like gave legitimate, uh, names and the other half couldn't care less. Like Ray Donovan was on the list and like Armin Van Buren was on the list. Like they just picked <laughs> random, like, they're just like, we're just doing this as like a stupid homework assignment. <laughs> and there, and so I had a list of like 30 names and I'm looking at them and I'm like, sure, this one and this one, whatever. Like, like, here's the thing. WWE loves alliteration, right? Like they love uh, names that begin with the same letters. And they also love two first names with their announcers, right? Like look at history. Like even if it's their real name or not, Jim Ross, uh, Michael Cole, Tom Phillips, Justin Roberts, like the list goes on Kyle Edwards, the list right. goes on and on. Right. Like it's, that's, that's just something that they really liked at least back in the day. So, th- and this is a, okay. So this, what I'm about to tell you is I've heard this from three different people. I was not in the room, but I've heard this from three people that were in the room. I'm going to choose th- to believe that this is correct. So what ended up happening was I submitted the list and we know how hands-on uh, Vince McMahon is, especially when he was running the company. Right. So they do this like odds and ends thing at the end of their meetings uh, where it's just like, you know, a couple items here, like things that they can power through. So one of them was we hired this new announcer. We're thinking of a name for him. Here's the list. And they give the list to Vince and he looks at it and he's going through the names and he doesn't like any of the names. And I don't have the best Vince impression, but he looks at the room and goes, we don't have a Kyle in this company. Oh my! <laughs> and I mean, if Vince McMahon at the time, at least, if he's gonna say that, like, that's it, right? I'm Kyle. Like, You're there's Kyle. no other name. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. Now was I this? Love- now was this an in person? Like, were you? Have you ever physically been around Vince McMahon? Yeah, yeah. No, I've met him a couple times, uh, just like a segment here or there, but. In that meeting, I was not in the room. No, that I think that was a creative meeting, and they just did odds and ends at the end. Uh, but yeah, you didn't sneeze uh, around, did you? I heard this. Oh, he's got a thing with sneezing. That and also, uh, if you're in the WWE gym, and if all of a sudden ACDC gets cranked to to, to twelve, you know Vince is coming in, and. <laughs> <laughs> do not, if you ever find yourself in a gym with Vince McMahon, uh, do not grunt on your final rep because that that is also that's akin to sneezing. 
I have not done this. I have heard. What's this easy thing? He just doesn't. He just hates. Like I think it's like a uh, controlling yourself thing. Like any sort of, even (laughs) if it's involuntary, it's. I've heard this through many people, like in (laughs) creative meetings that have sneezed, and all of a sudden they get they get like a side eye or or we hold it in, pal, or something like that. You know. I love the idea that they just had a list of ridiculous names. Like, mm-hmm. already, how do you, how do you feel about being called Abraham Lincoln? Is that fine? Are we sure, good? Why not? <laughs> they just have a, an absurd list, and then yep. he just says, "Ah, we don't have a Kyle." Okay. <laughs> it would have uh, so been our- funny. It would have been funny if if I ended up being Ray Donovan just to see if anyone would notice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and yeah, then I was meet Lee Schreiber one day and be like, uh, "We kind of have the same." <laughs> We are brother. We are same. Uh, so Arta, first of all, we love your shirt. Uh, second of all, uh, that's a pretty sweet look. Is that like a man cave you got going there? Oh yeah, dude. I, uh, so my midlife crisis was not by a car or a watch. It was hundred percent build an arcade. So there's a company oh, yeah. not to give like, I, I promise you, I, I'm not getting paid by them. Uh, these arcade machines are all like, recent like there's a company called arcade one up and they basically sell uh arcade machines that are like three quarter to the size but they're more than good enough for a man cave so i have about like nine or ten of them this is a star wars digital pinball machine like i just went ham and i bought it i don't know nine or ten of them now i love them i i honestly i'll be i don't play them as much as i should but I just love, like, they're art pieces to me. This is my art gallery. Step into my nostalgic art gallery. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's they awesome. just look yeah. nice. I like looking at them. Uh, I'll turn them all on just to get that, like, heavy dose of nostalgia. Like, ah, oh, I'm hearing all the games at once. Like, you know, you know what I'm talking about. We're all around well, the same. For sure. Age. Yeah. For NFL sure. NFL Blitz, one of the greatest all-time Dude, games. Amazing. One of the greatest all-time. I knew you were in, uh, I, I knew you were into the retro video games, so I wanted to show you this. I just got my son this for uh christmas and look at that what do you got steel cage challenge baby oh, come on yeah That's awesome and you, you just plug that right into your tv it doesn't even have hulk hogan on it, it just has the warrior piper <laughs> ramon and brett the hitman heart razor and the hitman wait 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 a minute what year would that be that's it that's an interesting collection 96 uh yeah right around there yeah no. warrior right there. warrior and razor ramon yeah that would probably be like 96 ish that's maybe, crazy. Maybe 95. Yeah, 96. So 96, the summer SummerSlam 96 was in Cleveland. That yes. was Boiler Room Brawl. And arena? That was, I was there. Uh, Were that you? Was Vader, Vader versus Shawn Michaels was the main event. Oh, uh, the funny story about that is that Vader was supposed to have this giant push and Shawn Michaels yeah. hated the match and he was so mad and everything went wrong. What was the, uh, what was the Boiler Room Brawl like live? It was terrible. You watched it on TV. They put TVs. Cause this was before they put like those awesome big screen jumbotrons, uh-huh. right? So the jumbotron at Gundarina was like just meant for scores. So they put like <laughs> big TVs, and again, this was like pre-flat screen TV as well. So this was like when you were in school and they would roll a TV into your classroom so you could watch a movie. <laughs> they put four of them around the ring. Well, if you were like sitting up high, you're not seeing anything not seeing going that. on. No. And then all of a sudden, like. Here comes mankind just stumbling out from the back after like a half hour of basically just hearing them grunt around back there for a while <laughs> and hear things bang around. It was really cool on TV. Yeah, it, I, it was a good match. I mean, I guess for me, not at Cleveland in the Gund <laughs> Arena. Not if you were not, not if you were in the arena. It's no. one of those things that's cool to say you were there. 
Yeah. Even if it wasn't the greatest yeah. thing you ever saw in yeah. your whole life. If that's fair. So first of all, Arda, I don't I want to know if we're gonna do because we can we can save this for later too. Are you are you like a beer guy? Are you got are you a drinks guy or no? I don't have any around me. I only have coffee at the moment, but uh bourbon would be my uh poison. All right, so we're gonna do our we do this segment every every show we do our garage beers of the week to kind of kick the show off. Uh so let's we're gonna start with you. If bourbon was your poison, what is what's like your favorite bourbon? What's your go-to? Uh Angel's Envy, uh for sure. So so how I got how I got like introduced to bourbon i didn't even know any backstory at all like i grew up in canada so i didn't know bourbon was like a very american thing like i didn't know any of this uh bachelor party we went to kentucky on the bourbon trail uh, and we went to like six different breweries we went to evan williams we went to woodford reserve uh jamesy pepper uh and also angel's envy and bullet uh and angel's envy was awesome i was i just loved the, the space and uh the people were really cool and the bourbon was delicious and and then their rye is great too. But um, but then I learned about like, you know, the mash bill for bourbon and 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 how specific it is and where it needs to and it needs to be uh created in the United States, right? Yep. So like I just loved how that was like so unique to us, you know, um in America. So like I don't know, I, I and ever since that I just kind of just went down the rabbit hole of learning more about uh bourbon. And I was like, oh, this is cool. This is really dope. So um, I, I, if I were to pick one, I'd say Angel's Envy, but I don't really discriminate, boys. Yeah, yeah. fair. Yeah. Same. It, it, all, same. it all does the same trick in the end. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's pass it around real quick, guys. Uh, Joe, what about you? What's your garage beer this week? Uh, we're going back to my favorite Nashville beer, Black Abbey the Rose. Oh, it's nice. a Belgian white ale. No, nope, Belgian-style blonde ale. Delicious. It's so good. I don't know what it is, but that's I don't favorite. know what it is. But it's my favorite like on draft beer. It's like the best like bar beer, like going out beer. Uh yeah. Doing it tonight. We're iced I don't think, it, think, so we're, I don't think we've had that for a couple days. I don't think we've had that on before. So that's uh, I love it. Welcome. I can't welcome remember, yeah. 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 All right. So you got that one. Chad, what do you got? Uh one I haven't opened yet because I dropped it as soon as I got in here and sat down. <laughs> so it'll be a few minutes. Uh but I got Sam Adams winter lager. That's solid. It's good stuff. It's just a nice, yeah. solid winter beer. They made it gold. The, the Sam it. Adams uh, fell to the ground because it was intimidated by Chad. So that's right. That's right. man that is killing me. Had to had to get as far away as possible. Yeah, my cat You're is intimidating or really hot. Yeah, my cat is cowering <laughs> underneath the wife's desk now. <laughs> I'm not going to even make the joke that I want to. Okay, uh, so that brings it over to me again. I'm still just stuck here in Miami, uh, in my hotel. So if my internet is terrible, sorry about that. Oh, uh, but I went. I know it's not. It's so tough getting up where it's eighty degrees every day and just palm trees and sunshine. <laughs> sorry guys. Tough, uh, tough, I went and got a local brewery. Uh, one of my favorite areas down here. If you're ever in Miami, go check out the Wynwood area. Uh, Wynwood Walls. Uh, it's like the art district, but it's also breweries and restaurants, and it's a great time. Uh, and they got a brewery down there, Wynwood Brewing. Uh, this is called the Laces IPA. So uh, in the in the scope of like IPAs, it's like a six. It's pretty good, easy drinker. This one, this isn't like a big heavy IPA. I want to say it's like six percent. Uh, but yeah, keeping it local down here, Winwood Brewing Laces IPA. It's delicious. So those are our garage beers uh, and artist uh, uh, bourbon recommendations. Uh, let us know in the comments what you guys are drinking. Uh, if you're not watching us live tonight, uh, look at Pat Chase says he likes Buffalo Trace. Who, yeah, Buffalo yeah. Trace, always commonly popular. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're not watching us live, let us know on the socials what you guys are drinking this weekend or this week. 
Uh, and if you have any suggestions, pass them our way. We'll we'll feature them on the show. Otherwise, uh, let's dive in a little bit more to episode 151. And Arda, we are going to get into hockey a little bit because we want mm-hmm. to we want to do Blue Jackets talk. But it's super appropriate to have you on this week because not only are we right in the middle of hockey season, but you are a WWE guy, and or were, but still are. I'm guessing. Uh, and this weekend's one of the big weekends. Uh, it was one of the big weekends all year for the WWE. It was the Royal Rumble, man. Being around the WWE for years, I mean, that that event's got to be like one of, if if outside of WrestleMania, it's got to be like everybody's favorite, right? Like that is, it's such a cool event every single year. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I don't watch much anymore, but that's the one match that I tune in for. And I was, I was, uh, on in in the crease on Saturday, and we had the Royal Rumble up. Lucky us, it started the show. <laughs> the match itself did. Uh, so we were one of the few that were very happy about that because we're like, all right, we can watch this and get it out of the way. Because uh, I'll be honest, like I, I I I I hear a lot about the Bloodline storyline and how incredible it is. I have not been watching week to week, so I have the Coles notes of what's been happening. Uh, but now that I've seen the ending of that match and how everything unfolded and like learning about the nuances and, and, and all the callbacks and everything. Uh, that's some great storytelling. And that is some, the, the, the thing that I will say about that is that's what wrestling fans have been asking for, for years and years, right? Like this kind of layered nuanced storytelling. And it's just nice to see wrestling fans celebrate that because we all know how difficult and uh, vocal wrestling fans can be when they don't like something so it's nice that it's happening on the other side too when they really do appreciate something uh they're really throwing it the flowers it deserves apparently so that's good now i'm curious when it like obviously that's one of the big ones you know royal rumble wrestlemania SummerSlam. when it dump, does come to those events and and, and booking them or thinking about the storylines or writing them how much how far in advance are they thinking about that or is it until like you know all right, where it's officially Royal Rumble time and we're in the middle of December. Like how how much extra goes into those events as opposed to, you know, I don't know, Elimination Chamber or some event that's not as big? Well, okay, let's use Roman as an example. I would guess they had an idea on where they were going all the way to WrestleMania, probably by the summer, October, yeah. I would wow. guess, you know? Like, the, here's the thing, though. The, the thing that uh, a lot of wrestling fans don't, think about is it's it takes a lot of time to like get the marketing wheels in motion and you know you have to make decisions on certain things you know obviously injuries happen uh you know they they it's not like they can't pivot if a wrestler is not working out if the crowd doesn't buy into something or whatever the case may be but there's a lot of things that need to be put in place in order for like marketing campaigns and and internal discussions and and you know pieces and being moved around so it's not like it's not something that you can just change on a whim. So I would guess my educated guess would be that they probably knew who Roman's opponent was going to be at mania. And let's say it was the rock and now the rock can't do it. If that's, if that is the case, then maybe they had that plan in the summer and they were trying to work it out and it didn't. And now, okay, we're going to pivot to something else and it's, it's Cody or whatever the case may be. Right. So um, yeah, probably at least for many rest, let's put it this way. Many WrestleManias in the past, the main event at the very least was probably or was definitely set in stone several months prior. And they all work and they work backwards. 
when something pops, you brought up the the, the bloodline storyline, and I got to tell you, man, the ending of that show was insane. It was it's one of the that's one of the coolest things ever. What's like when you're behind the scenes, when you're mm-hmm. just working there? Does something like that just like what's what's the vibe of the whole place? Is it just like everybody's just feeling like holy crap, like this? We put this all together and it worked, and people are loving this. And it's does it like elevate everybody? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one one of the terms they use is a sellout at the monitor. So like if something important is going to happen, or if a match that's very interesting, all the wrestlers and the crew will kind of huddle around different TVs to watch. And um, they'll all, a lot of the, uh, I would imagine that after that bloodline reveal happened, when everybody got backstage, probably half the wrestlers at least were probably at Gorilla or uh, in the aisle very close to the entrance just to congratulate them. Uh, You know, that happens a lot too, uh, to show some support and appreciation as soon as you get backstage, uh, you know, be among the first people to give them a hug or a handshake or whatever. So absolutely, like when something goes really right, uh, there's a lot of rallying and it kind of boosts morale and uh, it feels good, right? Like, especially if you worked on it, if uh, like I even see it from the writer's point of view, like I hung out with the writers a lot when I was there and when they write something and the wrestler knocks it out of the park and they, they feel a sense of pride too, because they worked on it and they helped bring this to light, you know? So yeah, for sure. Do you have a, uh, an interview? that you did with a superstar that uh, sticks out the most to you uh, as the best. And maybe I don't want to say the worst, but maybe something that was like, ah, I don't want to really, I, I don't, we don't never had to interview him again. That'd be great. Um, honestly, like from a, from a non WWE, like from a kayfabe, like actual, like talking about your career perspective, all of my interviews happened outside of WWE. Like the best WWE interview I did probably was Curtis Axel when he said he was still in the Royal rumble for like eight years. <laughs> And he brings that up every year, which is hilarious. It's like the thing, the gift that keeps on giving. He's just continuously in the 2015 Royal Rumble. He got never eliminated. Him and Rey Mysterio now, apparently. They'll have like yeah, the, right. we should have a never eliminated Royal Rumble and bring all of them back. Awesome. Put them into a ring, you know, and then they have their own Royal Rumble. We were never eliminated. But um, uh, I, a lot of the Canadian guys like Edge, Bret Hart, Chris Jericho, uh, I'd throw Roddy Piper in there too. Like th- those guys helped me out a lot uh, early in my career, like before I got to WWE, because we we do like hour long sit downs, and they'd give me some really cool, um, you know, backstories and answers. So uh, Mick Foley too, like whenever he would come into town, I would always find it like Mick Foley is notoriously frugal. Like he's very cheap with oh, his yeah. money. Like he saves his money. I I was always like, but like I think he embraced it as a gimmick. Like I was always like surprised at how like disheveled his travel bags were it's like it was being held up by like duct tape and i'm like you're a multimillionaire. like why can't you buy yourself a rolling bag and he's like no 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 this is this this suits me just fine maybe at least like, okay <laughs> right on uh all right man well a little bit of fun wrestling talk but uh but obviously uh we're bringing in to talk about hockey as well uh first of all uh, I just want to know a little bit of the backstory. You, you've kind of got this, again, you're a Canadian guy, mm-hmm. uh, but you kind of have this, this like relationship going on with the blue jackets and, 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 uh, and Columbus and the fans. And, and I, I'm interested just a little bit of the backstory of that. Like, uh, man, we, we said that you were coming on and all of our people, I was getting text messages. I, 
like, oh, this is great. You're having, we love Arda, man. The Blue Jackets <laughs> love him. What's, what's, what's the scoop with the backstory uh, of, of your relationship with the Blue Jackets? Well, what we don't, it can finally be revealed that uh, the uh, town of Oakville, Ontario, which is a suburb of Toronto, uh, is obviously a sister city with Columbus. And so... <laughs> Uh, it's just That's it. I'm, I'm part of the exchange program where I got sent uh, from Oakville to Columbus, uh, and uh, the city embraced me like one of their own. Um, How did we not know that? Right? right. Come That's on, right. Come everybody. On. Knows. The Oakville Columbus connection is so tight. I'm waiting for that star to come across the screen. Like the more you know, the more. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it started. I will tell you. So I, I had gone to a couple of games at Nationwide as a fan. This was before my official like introduction to the team, uh, but really it started, I would say, 2018 uh, when we were launching the NHL Gaming World Championships, uh, and that was the that's the esport the NHL puts on a yearly event where the winner gets 50 grand at the time, and I was the play by play guy for that for several years. And my color commentator was Nasher, and Nasher, of course, everybody knows in Columbus. Uh, I would say, and I and I say this, like I would go on record saying this. I think he is one of the most important uh, figures for a team in the in the entire NHL. Like what he does for the city of Columbus and the Blue Jackets, I'm shocked that every team doesn't have a Nasher equivalent. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like he yeah. is oh, yeah. extremely important for the visibility of the team and you know, how, how much he loves the team and it's very organic. So, sure. So that's where I met Nasher. We got along great. We did that's the so cool. uh, tournaments. It was awesome. And that year also, it was suggested to teams to do their own tournaments, just dip your toe in the water, see how it goes. And the blue jackets decided that they would go all out on a tournament uh, so they brought Nasher and I to do the local tournament, uh, and we did it. And I met a lot of the front office staff when I was here. And I don't know, man, the vibes were just immaculate. What can I say? Like, it was just a lot of fun, a lot of great people that I that still work there today and I know very well. And we just kept in close contact. And whenever there was an opportunity for me to come to Columbus and do something, whether it was host an event or just be participate in something, I just said yes and showed up. So uh, just like a couple weeks ago when I was there to see the unveiling yeah. of the fan zone, uh, which is fantastic, by the way. I mean, I, I, I can only imagine that's going to be very well received yeah, by yeah. the uh, by the fans, Blue Jackets fans. Um, I've embraced it. And so uh, Columbus and the Blue Jackets team hold a very special place to me and uh, they continue to do so. It's that's that's really how it happened. Like it was just a very organic. Like, hey, you guys are cool. We I like having it. you around, Arda. So I was like, okay. Awesome. Oh, before cool. before Chad says what he's going to say, I do want to point out that Johnny Gaudreau just ripped a shot top shelf to tie the game in I the third to, period. Oh, nice. I just missed it. Oh. It was like right here. Yeah. Seven minutes three, to go, go in the game. It's three three against Washington. So let's go. And I was just going to say, you guys are brother and sister, so it is a special bond, you know, for being Oakville and Columbus. You just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I so mean, it was just right? natural from the beginning. I mean, I, I always felt a kinship. I, I, you know, even growing <laughs> up and just, I could just feel it, you know, like I would just say Columbus yeah. out of nowhere. Just, just <laughs> it was your up. first word. You were drunk. It was. Columbus was my first word. Yes, it, it was. And it was a special moment. So, Arda, let's talk about the Blue Jackets a little bit uh, because coming into this year, I mean, hopes were high, man. You, you, 
the Blue Jackets were a team that overachieved a bit last year. Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't make the playoffs, but they weren't very far out of the playoffs, and they were picked by so many people to basically be the worst team in the league last year. And they were exciting and young and fun, and it was it was Lars's first year as head coach, and uh, it, it just went way better than I think a lot of people thought it was going to go. It was more competitive than people thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. They go out in the offseason. They make some moves. Obviously, Johnny Gaudreau <clears> coming in. Uh, they make other moves to bring players in in the offseason, and it feels like this year is going like a lot of people thought last year was going to go. Uh, uh, it's been it's been rough in Columbus for the Blue Jackets this year. They're not winning games. Uh, they're giving up a ton of goals, like just an absolute ton of goals. Offensively, they're not the worst team in the league, but they just, mm. there's no way they could keep up with the amount of goals they're giving up. Uh, I don't know. What, what what do you think like the biggest culprit is for the Blue Jackets this year and 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 not being able to kind of ride the high from last year and all the offseason signings into a, into a successful season this year? So I'm with you. I don't, I, I actually like, pieces of their offense uh and i think johnny goudreau is there uh, i i was actually as you mentioned the score uh, i just went and checked took a look at uh, who got the assists for the blue jackets and um kirill marchenko has not gotten an assist which is good because i want him to score like four more goals so that he can pass the record Right, because yes. uh, he's at 13 goals and zero assists on his career, which is <laughs> never amazing. pass the puck. He should never De pass. Never. Down. Just <laughs> you go for that Cy Young, buddy. Just keep shooting, okay? <laughs> Just keep shooting. We we love it. Um, but yeah, like well, there's a lot of great pieces there, and uh, maybe uh, goaltending uh, hasn't been as great as Columbus Blue Jackets fans would hope. Maybe the defense is allowing more chances than uh, Blue Jackets fans would like to see. It it kind of reminds me, but but here's the thing. I wouldn't be surprised if the Blue Jackets, with just a couple of pieces, a couple of moves, maybe a couple of uh, prospects coming into their own, become a competitive team sooner than later. I don't think this is a, wow, we got to blow up the team situation. I think this is a, we have to make some tweaks. It kind of reminds me of the Devils of a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh obviously the devil situation is a little different because they had like a decade of not making the playoffs. And, you know, this is coming off of three Stanley cups and they made the playoffs for like a bunch of times. They made the cup final in 2012, but they had some, they have some really interesting pieces, right? Like Hughes, Brett, he sheer, they got a couple first overalls, but they were struggling in certain areas, like their goaltending and their defense as well. But then they picked up a couple pieces and their goaltending straightened out. And now all of a sudden they're one of the best teams in the league. You know what I mean? Like, right. I feel like with a couple of tweaks on this Blue Jacket squad and definitely defense and goaltending are places that I would look at, I, d I would venture to say that next year, if those stars align, they would be a very competitive team. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And let's talk about that goaltending for a second. I mean, it, what's... Is it fair to say that Elvis has been a disappointment ever since he got that big contract? Because it feels like, yeah, he did show some promise and then he got to get signed at this extension, but it seems like he's kind of been regressing ever since. You know, if you were in the shoes of Yarmo Kekalainen, how do you address the goaltending? Yeah, I would definitely uh, take a long, hard look there and see uh, what's in the pipeline, what goalies are available. I mean, I, I don't think... I wonder what the Blue Jackets are going to do at the trade deadline. I mean, I, if I were the Jackets, I don't know if I would be uh, in a fire sale situation. I don't think so. I don't think that's the right play. 
I mean, obviously I'm armchair general managing here, but I don't think that's the right play. <laughs> I think that you wait until the off season and you see what's available. Then I don't know if, unless it's like a very compelling offer, but what pieces do you want to give away? If you're the blue jackets, I, I just don't see, I don't see this team being uh, a desk. Like I get it. They're not great in the standings. They've been in the basement for a part of the season, but it doesn't feel like a team that should be that bad this season. You know what I mean? Even if they, even well, if they did overachieve last season, it doesn't feel like that this is appropriate for them in the standings. When you kind of got to be careful about what you're doing, right? Because you can't go out and, and bring in a guy like Johnny Gaudreau and, and make the moves that they've made and then go into fire sale mode like that. You, that, you can't that do that within happen. one half. You can't, you can't do that within one half of a season. You have to have a little bit of faith. Like you would assume by bringing in a top notch player like that, yeah. that you, you're trying to create a window of competition for yourself. Right. And so you can't fire sale that window away. Cause now you're going to have Johnny Gaudreau and a bunch of nothing. You can't do that. So it is, it's, I love that. It's, it's really interesting, you know, and, and to Chad's point, man, when we started this podcast, 2020, mm -hmm. we were talking about the, the goaltending for the blue jackets as which guy are they going to trade? Because no matter who they keep, that's your stud goaltender mm -hmm. uh, Elvis or Jonas or whatever. Those guys are studs. You got to trade one of them because the other one's just going to be a stud. And in the couple of years since then, it's, it's just the defense hasn't really been addressed well. And the goaltending just has not been there. It's, it's, it's a crazy turn of events uh, for this team over the last couple of years. But you do feel like you've, you've got, it's there. You got to just kind of ride it. Don't you? I mean, yeah, the, the goaltending this year has been rough. Like their, their save percentages are down. Uh, they just, at times they, there, there, there have been some games where you wish that it would have been a little stronger, maybe uh, saves that they wish they could have had back kind of thing. But I, 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 I would imagine these conversations are being had. I would imagine they're taking a good long look at it, uh, especially in the off season. I would be surprised if anything happened before the trade deadline. And I agree with you. Like I, these conversations have already happened between Johnny Goudreau's camp right. and and uh, Yarmo's uh, side, right? Like I don't, I just don't see him coming into a situation where, all right, well, actually, what we're going to do is going to go through a giant rebuild, and you're just going to have to ride this out with us for the next several years. Why would he leave the Calgary Flames for that, right? Like he was already in a situation where the team was competitive. Like the Calgary Flames are a team that could contend in the West. If they got out of the West, how many people are going to be that surprised? You know, maybe there's teams that you would pick above them to get out of the West, but if they got out of the West, you wouldn't be that surprised. No. Yeah. I mean, well, especially with how wide open the West is right now. I yeah. mean, it, feel, it feels like that conference is anybody's conference. But, you know, getting back, and now I want to kind of talk about the defense for a minute. I mean, a, a simple question here. How big was the loss of Wierenski for this team? Uh, because I mean, he he goes down early, and it just seems like the defense has been in a in a downward spiral ever since. I mean, the effort is there; you can tell that the effort is there. This team is is not a team that is trying to lose games, wants to lose games, but it's just it it just feels like with all the injuries that they've suffered from, Wolensky has the biggest one uh, has been the biggest one because, it, uh, and it seems like the defense hasn't really been able to recover ever since. Yeah, and there's been some injury problems this year too, like even Line A, right? Like there's been yeah, some yes. times where he's been out of the lineup and 
uh, yeah, Zach Wierenski is a big one. And that was early in the season too, right? Like that was a big blow because he's the linchpin of that defensive core. So whenever you have a situation like that, like that's, and, but that's where the depth comes in, right? Like the other thing was though, when that happened, you, you kind of knew like the blue jackets weren't in the best position when that happened either. So you kind of knew that there wasn't going to be, you know, shopping for a replacement in a hopes for a wild card push. So you're kind of in a situation where you're like, well, we're just going to have to like good for the young players to get some looks and get some chances. Uh, but this is the hand we're dealt. Unfortunately, this kind of thing happens in sports. But you got to feel like, like as a Blue Jackets fan, I kind of feel like, you know, going back to the, you can't be short-sighted with this group right now because A, you've got a monstrous about a, amount of young guys for this team that you're counting on right now. I mean, Chinikov and Sillinger and Kent Johnson and, 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 and Blankenship and these guys that are just young, fresh talent. Marchenko. Marchenko, yeah. you've got your first round pick from this year, Yurichek, that's that's getting seasoned, and 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 there's there's a defenseman that you're going to be relying on to be a really good player for this team. And then the other thing that's got to give you hope, right? If you're a Blue Jackets fan, the other thing that's got to give you a little bit of hope. The the teams in your division are aging, and 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 the competitive teams in your division that are competitive, like there are teams this year that I think a lot of people thought were going to be slowing down that aren't necessarily slowing down this year, but they are getting up there in age. So you've got like the youngest team out there. All these other teams that are right now kind of running things in your division are getting older. Uh, That's that alone has to just give you some, give you some hope that a couple of moves here and there. And like you said, they could be really competitive next year. I'm telling you, I I agree with that sentiment. I I know I'm, I know I'm evoking the, the devils again. I believe that they're what second or third youngest team. Yeah. And look, but like, look at them with the right pieces and things going right. You know what their problem was last season that caused them turmoil? Goaltending. That was their big problem. And guess what they got more of this year? The VTech. The VTech, yeah. The VTech. <laughs> He's in the house, okay? The VTech. But like, but, but seriously, like, yeah, right. Like, that's the best line, by the way. The VTech. He's suddenly he's the rock. Like, he's gonna refer to himself in the third person forever. Like, but like, but like, like, if 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 goaltending was uh, strong this season for Columbus, you add one or two strong defensemen that are limiting high danger chances and limiting zone entries for the opposition. That's a pretty good offensive core. Not bad at all. There's a few variables, right? But still, like, that's one that you can definitely put on the ice and say, I at least want to see where this goes. So for that reason alone, and and obviously the injuries, like you said, Wierenski, uh, et cetera. But a couple of tweaks away from really the possibility of Columbus getting out of the basement very quickly. So that's why this offseason is going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, especially when you look at, I mean, it, it really is a tough spot to be in, right? Because you are kind of at the, you're at the top of the standings for the for, for the draft lottery right now. Uh, but you know this team really hasn't, yeah, yeah it's going to be interesting. <laughs> that's to be. You know, that's the team. other thing, Chad, yeah. that's a great point. Yeah. If you're the Columbus Blue Jackets right now, are you really in a hurry this season to be getting better? Right. No. <laughs> right. Are you already printing Bedard jerseys uh, <laughs> at the shop? Yeah, 
you know what? While we're at it, just get your Bedard reverse retro. We won't be selling these next season, but go ahead and just buy this Bedard <laughs> reverse retro. And if they don't take them, that thing will be worth some money someday. That thing will be worth some money at some point. Uh, uh, no, it's like it, the it, Lindros uh, Nordiques jersey when oh, you yeah. came into the league. <laughs> or, your, your, or a Patrick Waugh Nordiques jersey. Yeah. Oh, not, man. Right? I wanted to get out of there. Uh, I, I want to go back to a little bit. How many, like, how many NHL arenas have, have you been fortunate enough to, like, catch games in? Whew, at least been to, half. Like, most of them? At least half, yeah. But like a lot of my work is in studio, though. So right, I, I will. I I I have probably done at least one game of every NHL team since the NHL and ESPN return. I would say that for sure. But I don't travel to games very much at all. Like I'm going to the All Star game, and that's an anomaly, really. It's sure. I'm usually in studio, uh, hosting the games from there. So I've probably done at least three or four Blue Jackets games this year. That's for, for sure. Exclu- I'm gonna do, when they're exclusive. I'm doing my best to pander to our Blue Jackets fans and mm-hmm, friends. Mm-hmm. Like our buddy Matt Pfeffer that just tweeted at us because he loves the shirt you're wearing because he ah, created Matt. it. From, from, he did, uh, he did. He does 614 hockey. Oh, yeah. Uh, he made our shirts too. So, yeah, I love that. Hey, let's um, go. Uh, what do you, like, to me, the thing that, I, I, I'm not a, uh, a born and raised kind of blue jackets fan obviously they weren't around when i was a kid anyways it took me a long time until we started doing this podcast and developing a relation when we started this podcast i was a penguins fan and i was my whole life and then we developed this relationship with the blue jackets and i can't not love them i just love Mm -hmm. the blue jackets because Mm -hmm. of the people there what do you think accounts for this is a team that 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 fan base loves them Mm -hmm. and that is a wonderful environment to see a game like I don't know that people, even here in Ohio, unless you live in Columbus and you go to Blue Jackets game, like we're all based out of Cleveland. There's people in Cincinnati, obviously. Okay. I don't think people here understand what an incredible atmosphere and environment they have fostered there in Columbus at Nationwide Arena for games. Like, what is that? What do you account for that? Because it's not, so, they're not a historic franchise. They haven't historically been a really great franchise, but man, they love their Blue Jackets down there, and it is an absolutely wonderful place to watch a game. It's a great vibe. I agree. So I'll preface this by saying I come from the land of if there's a rumor of a fourth line trade on the Maple Leafs, that will lead Sports Center. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like we'll get you to Monday Night Football highlights in just a second. But first, Nick Obey Kubel might be <laughs> traded. For who? Uh, For who, Arda? Right, exactly. And to talk about that, here are 23 analysts that we're going to bring in to discuss this um, and his personal chef to discuss his change in diet. I'm exaggerating, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. They still can't get out of the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, that's that's a whole other story for for Toronto, exactly. Uh, But, yeah. Sorry. (laughs) But to me, it's like, no, what are you saying or me? Uh, Low blow, Joe. Low blow. I will say, like, I feel the passion is, like, there's definitely a lot of passionate Columbus fans, which I love to see. I, I, I wonder how much of it, like, like the other thing I will, uh, I've talked to a lot of local Columbus people about the team, and I'm just, like, one thing that fascinates me is, like, the reason I brought that up, though, is because hockey matters in Canada the most, right? Like, hockey is the NFL in Canada. And in Columbus, even, 
Ohio State dominates when they play, right? Like in college football season. So for sure, I I I always ask. I I, I like to ask like what what's the relationship like with the Blue Jackets when uh, football season is on or you know, baseball season, basketball season, whatever. And Columbus is in this unique situation where it's really Ohio state and then the blue jackets. Right. So like, right. It's like, it's like they embrace, don't get me wrong. Like obviously Ohio state's still like the most important sport in Columbus, but like they still embrace the team while college football is on. And it's almost like they never forget about the team, which is really cool. Like even when there's a big Ohio state game, you know, they'll, the, the jackets are not forgotten about, which is really cool to see because in, in, in markets where there are more teams available across any professional sports, listen, sometimes the, the hockey team uh, in certain days, especially when it's a very crowded sports day, maybe they don't get as much uh, play locally as the other sports do. So from a Columbus standpoint, uh, the, the other thing I'll say is that the team does a lot of local initiatives. Like they really, really work hard to grat like from a grassroots level, they've done a fantastic job. Let's build outdoor rinks. Let's build roller rinks. Let's right. provide equipment to, um, to local, uh, organizations. Let's build a minor hockey infrastructure. So they've, the, the, the team has done a fantastic job in ensuring that there's generations of people that are a introduced to hockey be enjoying hockey, but then see finding reasons and ways to get to the games. So that's been a huge help too. And yeah, and that's the really the best way. I mean, if you're not going to be, uh, you know, a, a great franchise, a historically great franchise, which, you know, the Jackets, again, like Mike mentioned, really haven't been, uh, you can be the most accessible. You can be the getting out, like you said, get out in the community, uh, you know, build roller rings, build different kinds of rings. You can be, if you are out there, uh, within the community, that's really the best way. If you're not going to be this great, <laughs> again, historical friend, which uh, uh, don't get me wrong, love the Blue Jackets, but yeah, I, I, no. I totally agree there. Chad, I, I, I laugh because it, they've embraced us. We're just a yeah. bunch of goofballs doing a podcast. Yeah, Arna, they did Garage Beers Day at the Blue Jackets last year. <laughs> I love it. I love. You want to know what the response on Twitter was? Who? Who? Because the game before was the hockey guys. <laughs> So oh. they, had the, they had like the hockey guys in, and then they were like, "Come eat the garage beers, guys!" And everybody's like, "Who's that?" Uh, but that but did you outreach. have fun? Hell yeah, we had fun. Exactly, we met some all fans. that matters. It was cool, yeah, all that matters. Yeah, uh, Arda, I, I want to talk a little, before we let you go. I do want to talk a little bit more about you. Chad might have some other hockey stuff to throw in, but first of all, in kind of going through your bio and background, uh, I know Chad and I will have some interest in this. Uh, you broadcast a lot of things. We've talked about your WWE background, obviously your hockey background, and you've broadcast AHL and, and, and other leagues hockey wise. Uh, you broadcast esports, which I think is awesome. Uh, but you're also, you've also been a high school football broadcaster. Mm. Is that correct? I did uh, a couple of Metro bowls. Like it was like a high school hockey, uh, football tournament in Toronto. Uh, love that. Funny story about that. Uh, Thurman Thomas was at one. And this was like right around when, not playing obviously, but like he was there as like an ambassador. <laughs> he went back to high school. Yeah, yeah he went back to, he was playing in one of the games. He was one of the ringers actually. Uh, that team won every game by 50. It was just, it was ridiculous. Man, How could we have allowed this? He, yeah. he figured out he had eligibility in Canada and he was like, I'm taking this. That's right. He could go back into high school in Canada. He only um, played half the season though because he couldn't pass geometry. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, so he, uh, he, this was right in the middle of like the, the pinnacle of the possibility of Buffalo moving to Toronto. Oh the, the bills moving to Toronto. Like this was like the pinnacle of that. So I interview Thurman Thomas, ask him about the tournament, da, da, da. And then my last question is, what do you think of the possibility of the Buffalo Bills moving to Toronto and being the Toronto Bills? How does the Toronto Bills sound to you? And he looks at me just straight face and he's like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> he was not happy with that question. That's the time that Arta got his ass beat by yeah. Thurman Thomas. <laughs> and that effectively ended my reporting career. And You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. No, man. Yeah. That's like office space. No, man. Right. I believe you get your ass beat for saying something like that. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Uh, uh, yeah. Chad and I have been calling high school football games for 10 years. Oh, that's uh, awesome. So, yeah, we love it, man. We love it. We love that. Uh, do they play? I never thought about this. Is it Canadian rules football in high school? Uh, it was CFL rules uh, when I was doing the tournaments. I only did a couple. So, like, it's not like I don't have the same uh resume as you guys do i I only did like maybe three or four tournaments they were at the rogers center though which is kind of cool uh that was fun we're home of the argonauts let's go argos Uh, hey we got we got a buddy that'll have a big time problem with that oh no big big blue bombers fan okay okay host of the host of the cleveland cavaliers official podcast Uh, oh nice that's dope the, the best part about the CFL was that at one point in the league, there were two teams named the Rough Riders. <laughs> like, really? What? <laughs> Eight teams in the league or whatever, and two of them. No, I'm not kidding. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders. But now, now the difference is, I believe, <laughs> if, if memory serves, one of them was Rough Riders, two words, and Ottawa's team was the Rough Riders, uh, one word. Oh, I mean, no, no, no. No, no, no. It's a it's clear difference. That's a clear difference. No, no. Mine goes dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Oh, man. Jesus. Well, yeah. I, I wanted to ask you a couple things uh, about uh, yeah. general hockey stuff real quick, Art. Okay. Because you know, uh, <laughs> I'm just curious about some of these teams because, you know, can Boston keep this pace up? I mean, they – obviously, it's – it is uh, very hard – to do what they're doing right now, but they, but they're just so damn talented and they're so damn good right now. And they look so dominant and it doesn't look like the other shoe's going to drop anytime soon, but you also got to be careful. you not, you don't want to peak too early. Can Boston keep up this pace? Uh, it's funny that um, actually I'm going to, can I go into chat? Can I put anything in chat? I don't know if I can. I yeah, I think so. How do I, how do I, uh, Oh, I have to log in. Never mind. I don't think I, you can. I, that's okay. Never mind. I, I just saw a meme that, Anyway, that perfectly describes this. I'll, 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 I'll weave it into my answer, I guess. Um, I saw an interview with uh, Jim Montgomery where after the, it was after two straight, right? Like this is what their first three straight uh, losses in the season, right? And after two, uh, Jim Montgomery said something like, you know, uh, it's, it's good for the team to face a little adversity. And I'm like, man, how many fan bases around the league are like a two... <laughs> Two losses is adversity. <laughs> Shut the fuck yeah. up. Like it's like for the Bruins, it's like, oh man, that's what adversity is for a team that's absolutely lighting it up all season long. They just can't lose. Can you believe that destroying. fan base has to go through that? Oh, poor them. Uh, all the after all the championships, 
for all oh. their sports, and now they're on a they're on a three game <laughs> schneid. Oh, wait, That's let's just play game. the smallest violin that we can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, last two I, decades. Plus. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, look, Boston. Look, here's the thing: you could have predicted the best team in the league, whoever you thought would win the Stanley Cup this year. You could not have predicted a season like this for them, let alone the Boston Bruins, who remember by before the, the start of the season. We were talking about this being the last dance and the last hurrah. And, oh, hey, Krejci's back, and they're going to have a, a, a farewell tour, and that's what it's going to be, right? Like, that's what the the sentiment was going into the season. And then they do what they did. is It's incredible. I will say that all the Boston Bruins fans that I've spoken to at ESPN are very concerned about the uh, 2019 Lightning situation oh. where uh, they are like, yeah, just watch them get swept in the first round of the playoffs by some team. So that's that's definitely weighing in on Boston Bruins fans' minds right now. Well, if that results in the 2020, 2021, and even the 2022 Lightning situation, I'm sure they'd be fine. <laughs> they'd be fine with it, yes. <laughs> I mean, and there, and there they are, again, right? The Lightning just kind of hanging around. I mean, they know what they're doing, right, at this point. I mean, never pick not, against them. Never, never pick against them. Never yeah. pick against them, but they, they don't need. They don't, they've been there. They don't need to, 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 to win the presidents, right? They're just, just nah. kind of hanging around, doing their thing for the regular season and just wait until playoff time. But uh, I wanted to ask you another thing, Arda. You know, mm -hmm. the Maple Leafs. I, I kind of picture them like Browns fans year in and year out. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not not from, <laughs> obviously not from a winning standpoint because the Browns, we, we suck. Uh, mm -hmm. But from a, from a standpoint of you just go into every year with so much hope, right? And you're like, yes, this is the year. This is the year. And it's a great regular season. Toronto's having a great regular season once again. But is it is the vibe up in Toronto the same like that every year, or is it or is it or is it has it turned into yet like oh god we just wait till the playoffs like what is what is the vibe around the Maple Leafs? I I did make the joke in a segment once. It's even the Browns have won in the playoffs. Uh, Arda, Arda, and, and Toronto hasn't. You're not going to be able to go back to Toronto. <laughs> You're locked you know, up. You like, yeah, they 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 might revoke my uh, Toronto. <laughs> Uh, membership card, whatever. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know what that would be. What would it be? A membership, a citizenship, Toronto city citizenship. That's right. Get out. You can't be in Toronto anymore. <laughs> no matter if you're born or raised here. Uh, They'd be real polite about it, at least though. They would. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Sorry, but hey, you hey, cannot sorry. be here No, no more coming in. Sorry. <laughs> that. Uh, yeah. The the thing. Here's the thing. That the way that I look at that is, in a vacuum, they played fine against Tampa. They lost by one goal in game seven. And it was like, yeah, Vasilevsky was so good. Well, he's always good in elimination games, but like he was so good in that game that it took like a pinpoint accurate laser of a shot to beat him in that game. And they only lost two to one. So like in a vacuum, fine. You take your lumps in that one, but no Toronto fan looks at it in the vacuum. They're looking at it of years of not making a first round uh, beyond the first round years of futility uh, even under the Austin Matthews Mitch Marner Willie Nylander era right and they're looking at 1967 and 2004 and you know all these different uh ridiculous droughts that the Leafs are having right so I yeah. think that this year is going to be a very important one for how the future of this team looks I think that if they don't succeed this year uh, we could very well see some really big changes everywhere, top to bottom.
you know, no one would be safe. I'm not saying anyone, I'm not wishing for anyone to lose their job. But what I am saying is every position I would imagine will have a long, hard look at it. And they, and, and, and top to bottom, everywhere. Just, just cause that's how, that's, I would imagine that's where we are with the sentiment of that team. Okay. I got one last one and it's a two-parter. One last one. It's a two-parter. So two, so, so two more. So two more questions. So to one A and one B. <laughs> one A and one B. No. Uh, you know, so Edmonton, because I want to, I want to know your thoughts on Edmonton as well, because if you're Connor McDavid, I mean, yeah, you are kind of right back in the playoffs, but you're also kind of right back in the same scenario that you are. It's, it's just you and Leon, you know, I know you, 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 I think I can't remember whether you traded or signed for Jack Campbell and he's kind of, yeah, <laughs> eh, not what you were hoping for. Right. Uh, Skinner, uh, he was injured for a while, but he was playing, he was playing pretty good hockey, but yeah, if you're Connor, you're kind of right back in the same situation. If you're Connor McDavid, are you uh, frustrated uh, with this, and you're tr- thinking maybe you're looking elsewhere? Or and then the second part of that is uh, the West is wide open. Who do you like in the West? Uh, and yeah, that unfortunately, like they were hoping they would get Jack Campbell from the first half of the season. You know, the All Star caliber Jack Campbell, the one that was a Vezina Trophy candidate in the first half of last season. And unfortunately, that's not the Jack Campbell that they've gotten. Uh, Stuart Skinner has uh, factored in uh, fairly nicely, though. Uh, has been a decent story. He's an Edmonton guy. Like, there's there, that's a pretty decent story for that team. Uh, but if you're Connor McDavid, obviously, and, and Leon Dreisaitl, I mean, many people on that team, but certainly Connor McDavid, who's a face of the league, right? Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of hockey fans. I'm sure that there's a lot of people in the in the NHL that would love to see him in a big market and performing really well because that would be good for viewership and that would be good for visibility, right? Um, but with that said, I, I, the Edmonton is not that far away. If, if, if goaltending shores up, I think that they, that's, a, that's a very scary team. So, you know, they, they lost out to Colorado last year, but who's to say that? They, do they beat Colorado this year? I think so. You know, like uh, Colorado this year is struggling to get into the playoffs. They're, they're uh, you know... They're on an upswing now, but with all the injuries that they had at the start of the season, they were out of a wild card spot. So Edmonton look can can look very very good. Okay, perfect. All right. So one last thing before we let you go, uh, and this is from broadcaster's perspective. We've talked a little bit about your time, a little bit about your your history, and and calling sports from minor league and high school, and and uh, and, and and WWE and all that stuff to finding yourself behind the desk at ESPN. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when you, when you want to be a broadcaster, finding yourself behind an ESPN desk is kind of the pinnacle, right? I mean, that's, that's the, that's the, that's me at 18 years old going to Bowling Green State University saying, I want to be an ESPN sports center anchor. That was my thing. Uh, just how cool is that, man? Like, do you, do you pinch yourself sometimes going like, Man, I'm I'm hosting NHL on ESPN. Uh, just just what an incredible ride that is. Yeah, it's been a dream come true. Honestly, I mean, there's no other way to put it. Uh, to be able to, the NHL has always been my uh, ultimate dream. Like just to work in the NHL and to broadcast the NHL, and so to be able to do that at ESPN is incredible. And I hope I can do it for the rest of my career. And uh, SportsCenter has been a pleasant surprise. Like I, uh, in, in I'll be honest with you. I didn't even think of 
that as a possibility for me when I joined ESPN. Of course, everyone, every broadcaster has that dream because SportsCenter is an institution, right? Like it's everyone knows what SportsCenter is, even if you don't watch it, right? Like it's right. just yeah, it's 100%. been on the air for and then, over forty years. And the names years. you put yourself with when you host a sports center. exactly like the, the the legends, even the legends that like even the people that I work with in the NHL are all famous sports center anchors, right? Like my colleagues that are anchors, right? Yeah, uh, Steve Levy, John Butchergrass, Linda Cohn, like yeah. they're all longtime sports center ESPN legends, right? So, um, I did when I joined ESPN in 2019. I just did not think that that was something that I would even entertain or pursue uh, until it fell onto my lap. And it's just funny how you sometimes you're in the right place at the right time and they need somebody and you get an opportunity and they like you and they keep using you. So um, I never take it for granted and it's a thrill every single time. And it's, it's, it's always different too. Like some days uh, there's an incredible story that blows up the rundown and you just have to follow that for the next half an hour or, um, you know, like it's just uh, the the creativity that you have going into the show. It's 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 an absolute blast. We we can talk all hour about it uh, sometime, <laughs> but uh, it's it's just an absolute blast. Hey, maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll have you on for a whole hour to just talk about that. Arto Okel, man, mm-hmm. uh, uh, one of the best man caves you're ever going to see. The foosball table, all the sports memorabilia back there. NFL Blitz. I man, my wife would hate me if I had an NFL Blitz thing in my house because I would just, never be just off of that just thing. get it, just go. <laughs> Buddy, tell her you said that. Yeah, I of course I have given you permission to to get one. Yes, no problem. All right, honey. Uh, Well, listen, Arda said so. Who's Arda? Don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry (laughs) worry about it. Yeah, listen, man. uh, From the man cave to to the career to the wrestling talk and the hockey talk, it's been a great time having you on. We really appreciate the fact that you're willing to come on, talk a little Blue Jackets, talk a little wrestling, do all that stuff with us. Uh, and, and again, about your journey, congrats on all your success, Thank everything you. you got going on. It's incredible to watch and your, and your relationship with Columbus is so, uh, it's so cool to see and so meaningful. We really appreciate you having, uh, or you coming on with us and, uh, yeah, let's do it again. Absolutely. I'll be back. I appreciate it. You boys. Bring Thank bourbon you. next time. Bring bourbon. I will. I will. <laughs> see you, Arda boys. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Once again, that's Arda Ocal, ESPN, NHL on ESPN host. That was awesome. Look at Pat Shea says, this was a Garage Pierce masterclass, eh? <laughs> Thanks for throwing the A in there, Pat Shea. Uh, uh, Arda Ocal, go follow him. It's just at Arda on Twitter. You know you're big time, man. You know you're big time when you could just throw your first name at, at your first name on Twitter. Yeah, at Arda. Arda. Boom. Uh, lots of fun. Thank you so much for, uh, for him coming on with us and, and sharing some of his stories. Guys, we're going to bump off of hockey a little bit. Obviously, the next thing we got to do. Uh, Wait. As we... Never mind. We already did it. Garage beers? <laughs> yeah, we, we did. Yeah, we already did that, you horse's ass. Second, Second garage beers. <laughs> I, Sorry, yeah, we didn't have an official ceremony for that. I might go to my third. Um, <laughs> next thing that we're doing here, every time we transition, we're going to go to our asshole of the week. Uh, one of our favorite segments. Mm. We got to call somebody out for being an asshole. We got to just call somebody or a group mm. of people or just something out for being an asshole. And there's been a lot of assholes this last week. Mm. So I'm very excited to see what we've come up with as a group. Uh, Joe, why don't I let you lead this off this week? Who's your asshole of the week? This I week? got a sports one and a non-sports one. Oh, a couple assholes. Two assholes. Joe has yeah, a couple assholes. assholes. We'll go, we'll go non-sports. Uh, <laughs> I would just like to uh, nominate the wedding industry as asshole of the week. 
I think they're just all price gouging assholes. It's huge absolutely ridiculous. Like literally, we're we're like finalizing like our like our like mine and my fiance's ride from the venue to the hotel afterwards, and it's just like just so stupid how much it is. Like I would rather just Uber to be honest at this point, or like walk. Um, Dude, you should do like uh, an Uber Black. Get an Uber Black. It'll be way cheaper. uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it'll be nice. Yep, it would be. It would be nice. Um, although I don't want to like get in the car my wedding night, uh, Joey. <laughs> like, you know, like I don't know. Do Check I just, the license yeah. plate, honey. Check the license plate. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see about that. Um, but that industry sucks. Um, stop it and stop charging us way too much money. Uh, two would be the mayor of Cincinnati. I think you're such a oh, pos dude. Such a good you're one. You're so stupid. You're the omen. The Cincinnati's lost that week. As soon as he came out with that video, I should have put all my money on Kansas City because he knew that nobody from Cincinnati was going to be able to, or sorry, just you just knew Cincinnati was going to lose that game right if that video came out. Like, I was high on Cincinnati all week. Even with, like, the players saying the bro had stuff, I could get past that. But when the mayor comes out the day of the game or the day before and releases that video, you're done, dude. You're done. You're so done. Dude, we're, we're going to talk about that game in a little bit, but, man, I went from – I don't really care who wins this game to I'm rooting for Kansas city real fast with that. Yep. Real Just fast. like that. That sucks too. Cause like, I, I, aside from them being in the North, like I, I like the Cincinnati team. I think they're, they're a very fun team to watch and they play great football, but I was like, damn, now I gotta hate you guys for like literally your mayor of the town that you play in. Stupid. What an asshole. All right, Chad, who's your asshole of the week? Go birds though. Right. Go birds. Go birds, baby. They don't even know how they got there, but they're there. Yeah, but if my you know, my wife and I talk about it all the time. If we could redo it over again, we would just we we, we would elope. And no and, doubt. And have and have a party. Just have a party when we got back. I would yep. take a I would take like a three week, four week honeymoon instead. That's where I'd spend my money. Oh, yeah. And yeah. do that shit all over again. Hey yeah. Joe, it's gonna be fun though. Like it's gonna, oh, no, be, it's gonna be great. It's just like it's like the last minute things that are coming through where there it's like We've already spent so much money, and now you're charging me for this. It's like, oh, oh my we have God. a slight rate change. This is only going to cost you six thousand dollars more. Yeah. So it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. No yeah. big deal. And before you know it, the lights are going to be on, and it's over. You're like, oh, great. <laughs> oh, that was quick. We'll Perfect. talk about it after the wedding. Let's not get Joe too down about the wedding. We'll talk about no, it. No, we're good. We're good on the wedding. Jen, who's stop charging money. God, I don't think I have one, guys. It's been such a wild past few days. I, I don't think I have one. Uh, I'll go Jackson and Brittany Mahomes. <laughs> oh, classic. Have yeah. they done anything recently? They should just no. they should just marry. No, but they're just assholes by proxy, so I'll just make them my assholes of the week. <laughs> by proxy assholes of the week. I like week. that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's weird, but sure, go for it. What are you going to do? <laughs> All right, I'm just going to take it. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything to explain. They're going to do something this week or, like, yeah, Monday. We're gonna I, make I have a real. They're going to eventually do something. No, I don't think they are. I have a real, real strong feeling that Patrick Mahomes had a very firm conversation with the both of them because <laughs> they've been non-existent this entire That's season. True. That's true. This whole season, I have a feeling Patrick Mahomes went to both of them and said, stop it that, yeah. immediately. You two stupid idiots. That doesn't mean yeah. assholes, though. That's true. That's true. They, <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Yellowstone. You guys watch Yellowstone? Yeah. 
And usually their solution is just like killing the person when they do something like that. So I, I just envisioned like Patrick Mahomes go to them and be like, I'm going to kill you if you don't stop yeah. this. Do you want to go to the train station? But it was probably like a much more, it was probably much more, yeah, the train station. <laughs> OJ did it. OJ did it. Uh, uh, hey, everybody, it's OJ Mahomes. God. Yeah. Hey, Twitter world, it's me, OJ Mahomes. <laughs> hey, Twitter, it's me, OJ Mahomes. Uh, my asshole of the week this week is the NFL. Sure. And it's not because we're going to talk about the the championship games. It had really nothing to do with any of that. Um, today, the NFL announced that Josh Allen's not going to play in the Pro Bowl or be a Pro Bowler, I guess, or whatever. So his replacement is oh. Tyler Huntley. Yeah. Tyler Huntley that threw for like 400 yards in six games. Tyler yeah. Huntley that threw two touchdown passes this year. They named, and listen, you can say it doesn't matter, but like that goes on a guy's resume. You're, you're a pro bowler now. You're like, I, I guess the reason it pisses me off, Chad, cause you're making faces at me like who gives a shit. And I agree with that. I agree who gives a shit, but I guess the reason that pisses me off is if you're going to name Tyler Huntley, the pro bowl alternate to Josh Allen, why the fuck isn't Jacoby Brissett, the pro bowl alternate to, to, to Josh Allen? Why yeah. did that guy who's really been like, a great teammate his whole career. He's been around for a long time. He's put the work in. He's been better places. Yeah. And, and not even talking about the numbers, but like, yeah, get into that. Talk about the numbers of what Jacoby Brissett did versus Tyler Huntley. Why the fuck is, why do you not give that to Jacoby Brissett? Because they need a fast guy for the relay race. <laughs> yeah. Something. They ruined, to me, uh, to me, they, (laughs) Sean says Chad's my asshole of the week for being kind of, uh, kind of quiet and intimidating to talk to. (laughs) Uh, It's like they don't know you at all, which is great. Yeah. Uh, No, Sean knows me well enough to know I am quiet and intimidating. Yeah, my ass. Uh, I don't, I don't get it. I I don't get, uh, it's, it's like they, they are actively trying to say, this shit doesn't matter. And listen, to us fans, we can be like, this shit doesn't matter. But if you're putting on an event, and if, if on a guy's resume, when you're introducing him in games, and it's going to say one-time Pro Bowler, four-time Pro Bowler, what? ten-time Pro Bowler, when, when, when you're using that to get guys into the Hall of Fame, because you're still going to do that, to, to just say, we don't give a fuck. Was it vote based? Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, was he next up in the voting? No, the Pro Bowl. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The Pro Bowl has become so insignificant over the last few years. I just, yeah. I understand what you're saying. I understand your point. I get it, but it there, just but there's meaning to it. Like, it, yeah. it doesn't mean anything not, to the it's, fans. It's a field day. They play like water no, 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 balloon no, no, no. toss and Dude, like dodgeball. Listen, it to the fans, it it's that, and and the realistic like what the event is, is meaningless. But there's meaning when you tell a guy he's a Pro Bowl. Look, look at the video. It was my cheer of the week several weeks ago when they told the dude from Washington that he was the Pro Bowl starter on special teams. And they broke down and cried like it means something to these guys that they're Pro Bowlers. Yeah. And then you just, like it diminishes. That that moment was so cool. Yeah. And so special for him. And now you're going to say, oh, but also Tyler Huntley's a pro bowler? 
Well, yeah, <laughs> sure, but Tyler Huntley's at least played before. That guy never yeah, played. I before. got, you. I got you. I see you. I see you. Yeah, I, just, yeah, I agree. Like, that sucks. That sucks. Yeah, it takes away yeah. from the excitement from the other guys. Why would you do that? Tell you what, they need to bring back that moving target game with the quarterbacks and that the powder on the tip of the footballs. Although, mm. although I don't think it's as fun when you're not watching quarterbacks and like big ass linebacker shoulder pads trying to do that shit. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Jim Can Everett, get, will Ryan Leaf come on? It's Chris Everett. Chris, Chris Everett. <laughs> <laughs> All right, those are our assholes of the week. Now we're going to move on. We're going to talk a little football, uh, and we're going to do it fairly quickly here. Uh, but listen, it was championship weekend, uh, and yes. we got to talk about that. Uh, and so, first of all, uh, let's just go through the, the two games. Has there ever been a game in any sport that you've watched that has just been so goddamned unfortunate than that Philly-San Francisco game? Uh, it, it, it was. No, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. That like, sucks. there's nothing... The, the problem with that game, I, 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 we tried to do it last night on Unscripted. The problem with that game is that there's no evaluation. There's no analysis that goes into that game. We, as a group of guys that want to talk football, can't really even talk about that game because there's nothing to talk about. San Francisco had nobody to throw the ball. They had to play Brock Purdy for the majority of the second half with a torn UCL. Yeah. An injury that requires surgery and a six month recovery period. Right. They had to play him for the majority of that second half. Like, there's nothing I'm to sorry. analyze here. Man, I know that they're on, they were already on their third string quarterback, but like, they didn't have anyone else besides John they, Johnson in the back. That, they, that was their fourth string quarterback. Anybody, yeah. Anyone else on the roster? Well, I think you're only allowed two in the playoff. Uh... In playoffs, no, you could probably have more, but but why would you do that? Why would you do that when you have other like you're not expect you don't expect to lose two quarterbacks in a game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's it's bad. It's unfortunate. It's bad. It's it's terrible. It sucks. Yeah. There's no there's no good way about it. No, no good way about it. Yeah. No. But you know, it makes me wonder if there wasn't like like they tried that one that one pass. Chris, they let Chris McCaffrey throw a pass, and he bombed the ball a little bit. And it makes me wonder, like, could you just let him, like, throw the ball, like, seven or eight times and just see Run what Run a wildcat. Happens? Yeah. He was the emergency quarterback anyway. So, I yeah. That was uh, Kyle Juszczyk. Oh, it was Juszczyk. That's right. Yeah. Cloverleaf Colts. God. Love that. Yeah. I don't know. There's just no analyzing it. Like, and, and yeah. I guess the problem is, so now you've got, you've got the Eagles going to the Super Bowl. And the one thing I think you can analyze in that game is – the Eagles offense was really good against the 49ers defense. Now the 49ers defense was just out on the field the whole game. Yeah. And so that's not a normal situation for them. They were tired. They were exhausted. What can you do? But it sucks because you want to be able to analyze this Eagles team and say, all right, they're going into the Super Bowl and this is what they had to do. And in reality, they didn't have to do anything. Like there's no way to analyze this. No, they didn't because they said it showed to work. Yeah, because the forty I mean because the 49ers defense was out there for fifty-seven of the sixty minutes. <laughs> right. So yeah, I mean it's Crazy. I don't care how good your defense is. Anytime your defense is on the field constantly, you're they're gonna tire out. They're gonna wear out. And I think the I, I think the Eagles recognize that. And I think uh yeah, yeah, I, I think the Eagles recognize that and 
They just started pounding the football with the run, with Hertz, with Sanders, with Gainwell. Uh, they didn't really need to do much once Purdy went down because Josh Johnson, that was his first ever playoff pass, first ever playoff snap. So, yeah, he was the, the nerves were there, and he played, yeah, because he, he played like it too. The nerves were there. His confidence wasn't there, and the Eagles just, just pinned their ears and just went after him and forced a lot of turnovers, forced a lot of three and outs. So it's just, yeah, there's really just yep. nothing to do, no, nothing, nothing to say. It was... Yeah, all Eagles. I do want to bring up a secondary asshole of the week. Uh, so I was in Key West this weekend, one of the greatest times of my entire life. No big deal. No, one of the greatest times of my whole life. So what we did, we we drove from Miami to Key West. That overseas highway down here, amazing. Amazing. What the, one of the coolest drives I've ever been on in my whole life. And you hit these islands on the way, right? So we're coming back Sunday after a very late night on Saturday. <laughs> a very late night. And we're hitting these islands. We get back to this island called uh, Isla Morada. And there's this place called Hog Heaven. And it's like a biker bar in the middle of the Florida Keys. And we watch the Eagle. We watch the first half of the Eagles Niners game at this bar. Sitting next to this lagoon where there's sharks swimming all over the place. And you can just see them. And it, it was so cool. It was so cool. We get in the car. Secondary asshole of the week. The Eagles might have the worst radio broadcaster I've ever heard in my whole life because we were listening to it on like Sirius, Sirius on the way back. The worst. The worst. It, like when you talk about guys, that put, pod. when you talk about guys that put on like the fake radio voice. Oh my god! And and so it started with like ten and a half minutes left in the game, and he's like, "I've never done this before," but and every time they would get ready to go to break, he would do this. The Philadelphia Eagles are 10 minutes and 38 seconds away from the Super Bowl. And I was like, I would rather crash my car than than do this one more time. <laughs> like, than do this. How this guy got to where he is. What is happening? That secondary asshole of the week. Let's go to the other game. A far more entertaining game. Yeah. In the AFC. Totally rigged. Totes rigged. No, fuck. So rigged. Fuck's sake. In the <laughs> AFC, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Kansas City Chiefs for the second year in a row in a big playoff game. Last year they met in the divisional round. This year they meet in the AFC championship round. Uh, and it was the same exact score as last year, 23 to 20. But this time it was Kansas City that came out on top. Um, Man, a totally just a totally different situation, guys. That was a blast. That that game was a blast. That game had a little bit of everything in it. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun to watch. I mean, uh, yeah, with the way Patrick Mahomes played on one foot, uh, yeah, I mean, you can't help but keep him up there and put him up there in the upper echelon. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to put him with the Brady's of the world just yet, but right, you you can tell that that guy is just a cut above the rest. Uh, I mean, even Joe Burrow. I mean, obviously, Joe Burrow is in the top three quarterbacks in the league, but Patrick Mahomes, uh, what what more can you say? And then that Kansas City defense, I'll tell you one thing. That Kansas City defense confuses me, uh, but they're but they're just good enough uh, to be a Super Bowl caliber team. Uh, and I guess that's all you need when you have a Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. But like Kansas City, it's just they're not they're not good. They're not bad. They're just they're just a defense. Right. Like they may they they 
You can move the football on them. You can score points on them. But it always seems like when they need a play, they make it. Yeah, they'll right. get turnovers for sure. Yeah, they'll get turnovers like that. Like that. That one interception, that, that key interception in the fourth quarter when the, yeah. he was bracketing Higgins, I believe, was a receiver. Yep. The guy, the guy tipped it and and behind it made the pick, make a huge pick. That was a huge pick in the fourth quarter. So yeah, they're not they're not a great defense, but they just make plays when they need to. And they did just that. They played inspired. They played motivated against a Cincinnati t- a, a, a banged up Bengals offensive line. And that was the curious thing you were gonna we were gonna find out right like last week, the week prior. Those uh, backup offensive linemen played a great, great game. But then, but um, who did they play? Cincinnati and Cincinnati Boy, and huh? Buffalo. Buffalo, yeah, Buffalo, right? Without Von Miller, Buffalo did, doesn't have anybody really to rush the quarterback, right. right? But then you have Chris Jones and you have Frank Clark on the Kansas City who were able to get pressure and pressure just four makes, sacks in the first quarter. Yeah, pressure just makes all the difference. By the way, did you know Frank Clark is like, is like almost either tied or going to take the lead for most sacks in postseason history. If Frank fucking Clark, by the well, way, he's played a lot of he's played a lot of postseason games. Glenville boy, by the way. Anyway, yeah, uh, um, yeah and and um, so yeah, they were they they faced two elite pass rushers, and it 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 got to them. So yeah, Kansas City uh, played a great tough game. They played it was it was a tough football game. So impressed with the Bengals, but yeah, what a what a what an awesome game to watch. Well, Joe, you talked about it, man. Cincinnati fans went up in arms. I got a lot of Cincinnati friends on my, like, on my Facebook, which I don't, I check maybe once every four days, but you're damn right. I checked it on Sunday after that game or Monday morning. Cincinnati fans went up in arms. They feel like they're hosed. They feel like they were a host. Is, Is there any legitimacy to it? I don't watch the game, to be honest. So, <laughs> fuck's sake. Probably. No, there's not. There's no legitimacy. Oh, and, I mean, and, there's know, no legitimacy. So, I'm going to give, we're going to do a special three cheers of the week, but I will say I've got a preemptive, like a, a secondary three cheers of the week. And, and, and it goes to Joe Thomas, our, 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 a former guest of ours here on the podcast. Joe Thomas heard all the complaints from Bengals fans on the Patrick Mahomes scramble before the big penalty that happened. Lots of Bengals fans were clamoring for holds on uh, uh, on on the offensive line for Kansas City. Joe Thomas came on and did like just a Twitter like instructional video or like an instructional tweet saying, "Here's why in the NFL this isn't a hold." And it's it effectively says the one the one uh, the one situation that they were all worked up about the Cincinnati defender was going with like a rip move. And in the NFL rule book, it says there can't be a holding when the defender is making a rip move if it is doing certain things. And that's exactly what happened. And the refs didn't throw a flag, rightly so. And fans are all up in arms about it. Then, obviously, you've got Patrick Mahomes going out of bounds and Joseph Osai hitting him in the back after he's put two feet on the sidelines. And that moves Kansas City up into position with eight seconds left for a 45-yard field goal that they hit. I mean, I, I don't think Bengals fans have much of a complaint. Unfortunately, no. unfortunately, you you didn't make the plays, and you made the one bad play at the end that gave them the win. No, yeah, I, that's, why I, I do, that's why I don't read the comments a lot on Twitter. I, I don't, it's why I hate Twitter. I hate Twitter so much. I think one of the worst things the NFL did was make the All-22 film available to dumbasses, to everybody. 
but that's but but that's why you don't read the comments. How are you going to argue with a Hall of Fame lineman <laughs> when he yes. decides to educate you on what is what is a hold, what isn't a hold? This is why it isn't a hold. How are you going to argue with that? Yes, Joe. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, Joe Thomas never got to the playoffs, but you know what he did? He played. 18,000, however, whatever the number is, straight snaps of football. And he's going to have a gold jacket on him someday. Uh, someday. No, literally this year. Literally this year. Literally, literally this, this year, year he's going to have a gold jacket. So how are you going to argue with the, with that guy? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a hold. Sorry. Okay. And for all these people that are, for all these people saying rig, 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 whatever. Do you know how many people would have to be involved in an NFL game? to actually rig an NFL game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we don't we don't have faith in them to officiate the game correctly. You think they're going to rig it? There's just, there's just <laughs> so yeah, many, crazy. There's yeah. so many variables, right? Like it's so easy. It's so e- it is easy to rig an NBA game. It is very easy to rig an NBA game. But like if to 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 rig an NFL game, there's so many people that that need to be involved, and when you're going to rig something, you want as little people as possible to be to be involved because oh, uh, to avoid from going to fucking prison, yeah. <laughs> so there's that. So there's that. Yeah. So no, no, nah, there's just way nah. too many variables here. But anyway, get back to back to the other point. I, yeah, I don't know how you argue with a Hall of Fame lineman. So that's why I never read the comments. I saw Joe say that, and I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, I get it. I'm going to take your word for it. Well, and and it's putting the Bengals fans in this weird spot for me because again, I don't really. I don't have this deep hatred for the Bengals like I do the Steelers and the Ravens. I don't have this deep hatred for the Bengals. However, the Bengals were convinced that they got ripped off in the Super Bowl last year, which they did not. And now it's like every time they lose, they can they feel like they can only lose because they got ripped off. Yo, no, your team lost. Your team lost. They didn't make plays that they needed to make to win the game. Quit whining about it. Like, God, if if there's anything I've learned as a Browns fan, it's how to lose. Your team had the ball twice in the fourth quarter at a tie game. So, yeah, kick and you punted. So, no, you didn't. And all the other things, there's 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 other plays that they're complaining about. None of it resulted in anything. None of it resulted in anything. They're complaining about plays in which the result of the drive was a Chiefs punt. You can't complain about that. Right. There's nothing there for you to complain about. Oh, the Chiefs also had an interception and a touchdown taken away on dumb penalties, too. On bang, bang penalties, too. Yeah, listen. Uh, listen, I uh, we talked about this last night. I feel I feel I feel for Joseph Asai. He, he did not make a good play. And I think in the speed of the game, he thought he was making a good play and he didn't make a good play. I think them showing him on the sidelines crying made me feel for him because he was the be- he was the best defensive player out on the field for the Bengals that entire night. And he makes one mistake, one mistake, and it costs his team the chance at a Super Bowl. And it's devastating. And it's devastating. And, and, and the weight of that should not be placed on that young man's shoulders at 23 years old or whatever he is. Yeah. But, like, it was a penalty. Yeah. It's just- it was. It was a penalty. It was obvious. It's crazy that the NFL got to him too and told him to make that penalty at the right time and then fake blow out his knee. <laughs> fake like he was blowing out his knee when he ran into the bench. Yeah, like that was all 
Oh, Jimmy Donaghy the head of officiating for the plan. refs now? All for the, NFL? All for the plan was him to like, push Mahomes <laughs> out of bounds and then roll into the bench and, and almost blow out his knee. So, yeah, it was way to go, NFL. Fuck. Great. Man, you know what? The Bengals had a great year. And the problem for us Browns fans is that the Bengals are going to be around for a while. That's going to be a really good Bengals team for a long time. And the Browns are going to have to figure out a way to get around them, just like they're going to have to fi- figure out a way to get around the Bills and the Chiefs and the Chargers are going to be around and the Jaguars are this budding franchise. A lot of good football to be played in the AFC. But let's talk real quickly, guys, about the Super Bowl. We have this Eagles team that waltzed into the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's fair. They had the easiest schedule next to the Giants. It's fair. They beat the Giants. It's fair. Suck. And they walked in against the Niners. They have faced zero adversity all year long. They, it's fair. It's fair. Their biggest I, adversity was Gardner Minshew for like three weeks. I think they are a ridiculously good team, but you're right, Joe. There's no arguing. Oh, yeah. There's I would no agree argument. they're a good team. There's see, no a, argument. A win in the NFL is a win in the NFL. Versus uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, <laughs> who. The Kansas, the Kansas City Chiefs, who until this game didn't really face much adversity, right? You've got to beat the Jaguars. And then. And then you've got a you've got a tough tough game against the Chiefs or against the Bengals that you got to win on a, a last second kick. You've got Patrick Mahomes with two weeks to rest that sprained ankle. But I also think you've got a Kansas City Chiefs team. I personally think that you know the first year without Tyreek Hill, they're missing an element that used to make them so scary. They're still super efficient and they're still super good. But that element of Tyreek Hill just being out there somewhere and Patrick Mahomes finding him is gone. Mm-hmm. So there's there's this can- this new look kind of Kansas City Chiefs team against a Philadelphia Eagles team that we don't know what they look like against adversity. Guys, give me your Super Bowl predictions. Go ahead, Joe. Uh, this is going to be wrong. No, it's not going to be wrong. I want to see what the Eagles. I picked the Eagles to win at the beginning of the postseason. Uh, I think they're the healthiest team going into this. I think that they're the most well-rested team going into this. Um, I think that goes a long way at this point in the season when you are 20 games deep into your season. Uh, and so it's going to be Eagles over Chiefs uh, 30 to 23. Ooh, all right. Chad? 20. 23. 20-something, yeah. Um, I think this could be a, 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 a big win for the Eagles if Patrick Mahomes doesn't have his full complement of weapons. Because you got to think, too. Uh, yeah, you mentioned that Tyreek Hill, that element of Tyreek Hill is not there anymore, Mike. Uh, but his full complement of weapons, Nicole Hardman re-aggravated his injury uh, against the Bengals. His pelvic injury against the Bengals. Juju Smith-Schuster was out versus the Bengals as well. Uh, Jarek McKinnon was a little shaken up. Okay? Uh, You know, there's always going to be Travis Kelsey. He always has a big-time chemistry with Travis Kelsey. Very dangerous. But I think if Patrick Mahomes has his full complement of weapons, uh, healthy for this Super Bowl, I I still think the Chiefs win in a nail-biter. Uh... So, I mean, I'm going to say Chiefs 28, 
Philadelphia 26. But it's it's man oh man. I, I man, do I really want to backtrack on that? I know it's tough. Because I, I because I think the Chiefs are gonna have a hell of a time with Jalen Hurts. I think guys running ability. Guys, I think we're I think we're about to have a hell of a Super Bowl. I love these two teams against each other. I love these two teams against each other. I think Philadelphia is a better team in 80% of the facets of the game. I think they're a better defensive team. I think they have better wide receivers. I think they're a better running team. I think they've got a better offensive line. I think the Philadelphia Eagles are better in 85% of the play, the, the areas on the field. But Patrick Mahomes plays for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And Andy Reid coaches for the Chiefs. And, and, and I said this last night. I, I don't think there's this. I, I love Nick Sirianni. I think he's a great coach. I think he's a great coach. I'm going to backtrack after your, 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 your segment. But your, Andy your Reid? Andy Reid? Hall of Fame coach. Knows what he's doing. Exactly. We, we had a big conversation in our OBR Slack channel about Andy Reid before Patrick Mahomes. Remember what the Chiefs' records were with Andy Reid before Patrick Mahomes? Because it was like 10 and 6, 9 and 7. They were consistently a playoff team. I think Andy Reid is one of the best coaches in the NFL. And Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. And I think if he has time to get healthy, I'm not picking against him. I think, I think there's so many reasons to pick the Philadelphia Eagles. So many reasons. And if they win, it will not surprise me in the slightest. It won't surprise me in the slightest. And, and my favorite thing about this game is I have no idea how it's going to go. If the Eagles blew out the Chiefs, I wouldn't be surprised. If the Chiefs blew out the Eagles, I wouldn't be surprised. If it was close either way, I wouldn't be surprised. That's what you got to hope for in a Super Bowl. Yeah. But I'm taking the Chiefs. I hope the Eagles don't win. win. I feel like if the Eagles win, they're just gonna be such boring winners. Like I'm taking like fun storyline. There's no like fans will probably eat horse shit on the on the street again. Fans will probably eat horse shit. Wasn't that wasn't that the Cavs? Where's the Super Bowl at? Is it wasn't that the Cavs? It's in Arizona. Wasn't that Aaron Goldhammer? Well, Aaron Goldhammer did that because they picked Johnny. Uh, But no, originally it was an Eagles fan during the parade back in '17 or whatever, whenever they won. So. For me, I, I, I think the Super Bowls are set up to be offensive showcases. It takes so long to get through the games. The teams get rest on the sidelines all game long. So I'm going to say 31-28. I think we're going to have a wildly entertaining game, and I think the, uh, I think the Chiefs are going to pull it off 31-28 in the end. Yeah, I'm going to backtrack a little bit just, just real quickly. I'm going to take the Eagles instead of the Chiefs because after thinking about it for a minute, you know, when I think back to that Tampa Bay uh, Kansas City Super Bowl. That defense frustrated Patrick Mahomes the entire night. They constantly put pressure on him. They had him scrambling. They even covered Tyreek Hillwell. And this Eagles defense has over 70 sacks on the season. So this Eagles team can frustrate the hell yeah. out of Patrick Mahomes all game, just like Tampa Bay did. And I, yeah, I think I, I think this Eagles offense is is going to go wild here. So I, yeah, I. I'm going to take the Eagles, uh, 35-28. Yeah, if Patrick Mahomes' ankle isn't feeling better, look out. But yeah. which I, I, think, I, I think this is going to be an awesome Super Bowl. I think these, these are the two teams that are supposed to be there. So, all right, guys, listen, let's get to our last segment of the week. Uh, and we got a special one uh, because I think uh, all three of us are okay just kind of dedicating this three cheers of the week to the same thing. Uh, and we've done that a few times 
on this podcast and we I did it last night and so I'll kind of shut up about it. I want to hear your guys's your words, your 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 tributes whatever, but I I think we all agree that three cheers of the week has to go to uh one of the most special people that has been involved in Cleveland sports for 50 years. Uh an icon uh, a person that that signifies what it means to be a fan, a man that attended every single game minus like 40 over a 48 year uh, span for the Cleveland Indians. Unfortunately, he didn't get to attend many Cleveland Guardians games, so he he truly spanned almost an entire half century for the Cleveland Indians. I remember him as a little boy at Cleveland Municipal Stadium when you couldn't really sit in center field, but you had to sit like off to the side in the in the outfield. And there he'd be out in the outfield with his drum. And then the Indians moved over to Jacobs Field and he found his way up to the top of the bleachers. And there he'd be every game with his drum. It was said beautifully on my show last night by one of our one of our commenters. Even if you weren't at the game. If you were watching the game on TV or if you were listening to the game on the radio, you knew you had to watch a little more closely or listen a little more closely when you heard that drum banging because you knew that was a big moment in the game. John Adams passed away yesterday. And it forever changes. It forever changes the way things go for Cleveland baseball. He made an impact that is unlike anything any fan, I think, could ever make. And our cheers for the Garage Beers podcast goes out to John Adams. Boys, uh, just go ahead and share a couple thoughts. Yeah, I, I think you said it pretty beautifully there, Mike. I don't have much more to add to that. I think the, like, the fun thing I kind of do still is like, I feel like I still kind of like beat the invisible drum when there's runners in scoring position. Uh, or there's like two outs and like it's like the ninth inning and Tris McKenzie is about to like strike out the side. Um, I think that's kind of a cool, a cool thing that I don't think I'll I'll stop doing and, and kind of a, a nod to John Adams there. But uh, yeah, I think you put it beautifully. That's uh, was going to be better. That's better. That is better than what I had. I was going to cheers white cheddar Cheez-Its. That's uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, a, just a Hall of Fame snack. First ballot Hall of Fame snack. No doubt. No doubt. But let's, let's uh, not. It's um, yeah. I mean, he was the soundtrack to so many of my summers uh, growing up. I mean, it was uh, I never got the pleasure of meeting uh, John, but uh, I just I, I felt like I knew him uh, regardless uh, of that. Because he, like I said, he was just a soundtrack to so many of my summers. I mean, we, for, God, I, I want to say we probably went to 60 games a, a summer growing up. And, you know, I, I, I haven't gotten to as much anymore. Uh, but, yeah, whenever I hear that drum beat, whether it's on TV, whether it's, you know, at the game, wherever, wherever. Uh, yeah, it was always a special part uh, of my summers growing up as an adult. And, I'll never forget John. I'll, I'll never forget that drum beat, and I'll always hear that drum beat in my head whenever I'm watching a, an Indians slash Guardians game. Uh, so yeah, what just what a, a special person, a special time of year, a special uh, moment in, in Cleveland sports. Whenever we heard that drum beat, and it will forever be missed. And I'm sure they're going to find a way to, uh, to 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 bring a nice tribute to him, whether they'll pipe in audio of the drum beat during a big 
uh, during a big moment this year. It's it's his legacy is going to live on forever. So, um, yeah, rest in peace, John. Guys, go look. Go look at YouTube videos of the biggest moments for the Cleveland Indians dating back 50 years. Whether it was Albert Bell's grand slam off of Lee Smith in 95 or Manny Ramirez's wow home run off of Dennis Eckersley, whether it was Jason Giambi smoking a ball for a walk-off home run uh, back in 20-whatever-that-was, 13, 14, 15, I don't remember what year that was, off the White Sox, uh, all the big moments. And if you listen, when they're home games in the background, you'll see all the fans clapping, and you'll hear the drum going in the background. It, it, it's an insane, an insane legacy that man has left, and they have, they've got a statue on a bench for him. They've got the plaque in the outfield. I love this idea by Sean. How cool would it be if the Guardians added a drum and sticks to their sleeves for a tribute? I think that would be really cool. But, Chad, I'm with you. I think some people think it would be corny and forced. I don't. I think the Guardians should pipe in during big moments. When when John Adams, you know when he would be banging that drum because he did it at the same times every game. I think it would be really cool if the Guardians would pipe that sound in of that drum uh, in big moments of games. Uh, it's got to live on. Games would never be the same without it. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's the best we can do to cheers him because he was, he meant so much to all of us. Whether we knew it or not, he meant so much to all of us. And I hope we can keep that legacy going on. So our cheers goes to John Adams. There was also a rumor he loved white cheddar Cheez-Its. So I'm going to cheers. All right, boys, we're going to get out of here. Uh, That's going to do it for episode 151. Let's just do our thank yous and let's hit the road. First of all, thank you to the OBR, our host site, for letting us come on every Tuesday night and just, uh, just hang out and talk about frankly, anything. Uh, thank you. Big time. Thank you. Goes out to our special guest, Arda Ocal. Go follow him online at Arda, just A-R-D-A at Arda. Uh, the host of NHL on ESPN got a special relationship with the Blue Jackets. He was formerly with the WWE. We had a great conversation with Arda Ocal, uh, and hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Shout out to him. And lastly, our thank you goes out to all of you. For those of you that joined us tonight, And I know there wasn't a ton of you tonight, but that's okay. We had a lot of other stuff going on out there tonight. Uh, So thank you for joining us tonight. If you didn't join us tonight, but you're going to listen later, you're going to watch later, thank you so much for supporting us. We really appreciate you. Uh, And that's, again, going to do it for us. So uh, for Joey over there in Nashville, Tennessee, at Garage Beers, Joe, for Chad down or over on the east side of Cleveland, at Garage Beers, Chad, I am Michael Keefe at Garage Beers, Mike. Make sure you're following the show at The Garage Beers on all the socials. And until next week for episode 152, we say cheers, everybody.